Hey everyone, welcome to the Mother of Monarch podcast. I'm Maxine McCallum, and together we are going on a journey of personal growth, motivation, mindfulness, and self-discovery. Embrace the spirit of resilience and the beauty of transformation as we dive into life, business, friendship, motherhood, and everything in between. Let's get started. This week, Jazz Till of Jazz and Jewels Boudoir joined me to talk about bearing it all for the camera and lingerie, supporting women, and being cycle breakers and raising our kids in love and kindness. As always, a conversation with a strong woman was healing and inspiring. Today on the podcast is Jazz Till of Jazz and Jewels. She's responsible for making countless women feel super sexy and confident in their own bodies. She's the pioneer of the adventure boudoir category in the Pacific Northwest. She's a champion for women, and you you have never seen somebody shotgun a white clock quite like her. <laughs> Welcome, my friend. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. I... I love that that's what my intro is. Yeah. Yes. Can, can you rewrite my Instagram bio for me? I know. I kind of want to. Well, and just so everybody knows, we shotgunned a white claw outside with the podcast producer, Chris. In <laughs> true in Jazz and Jules fashion, Jules was actually on FaceTime in England. So, yes. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So, I guess there's so much that I want to talk to you about. Um, you and I met, God, like... 2018? 2018. Yeah. What year were you pregnant with Miles? It, I got pregnant late 2018, so it probably would have been 2019. Yep. Early 2019, um, yep. And they shot my maternity pictures. And then for a couple of years, I don't think I did any pictures mm-hmm. with you, but I reached out again for some family minis, yes. which was super fun. And um, I think from there, when I when I came to pick up my pictures, I told you it was time. Yeah, it was your time. <laughs> I was like super strong mama of three boys. It is your time to shine. It is your time to do something for yourself. And you followed through and you killed it. Yeah. And I think that when I, at that ordering appointment, mm-hmm. I booked. You booked your boudoir? Yep. I was and like, I'm, girl, it is time. Yes. <laughs> and I think we booked it like nine months out and you don't usually do that. But I was nope. like, there is no way I'm getting naked in the cold. And yes. it was like November or something. So. I was like, baby girl. Yes. Let's be warm. <laughs> <laughs> so that shoot came and. For anyone that doesn't know, Jazz does boudoir pictures and adventure boudoir. So you kind of hike up into the middle of nowhere in these gorgeous locations and you get naked or, you know, get in lingerie and take pictures. Yes. With a full client lingerie wardrobe, have I know you, so you do not have to be scared about buying lingerie. We've got your back. <laughs> yeah, it's so awesome. All the pieces are so cute. Um, and it was kind of crazy because I had never done pictures like that. And I I went into it telling all the women, because it's like a group of girls, I went into it like, I'm not sexy, like this is going to be so awkward, all the things. And I mean, everybody rolled their eyes just like you Which, did. Which, okay, hold on. I got to <laughs> pause really quick because if you've seen Maxine, she is probably one of the most beautiful women you will ever see physically, obviously. But no. also, like, once you get to know her heart, you're like, are you kidding me? Like, you don't think you're sexy? Like, just talking to you, you could literally have, like, a ma- like a paper bag over your face and I would still, like, your heart is so beautiful. Aww. But when you look at her 
body in her face too on top of that like everybody looked at her like shut up they paid her to be here (laughs) (laughs) well I don't know if that's true but um you know it does it's interesting the way that we perceive ourselves versus the way that other people perceive us right like for me I I don't have big boobs like I don't have a big butt all the things right I'm fit now Mm -hmm. um but I don't have those things that to me I perceive to be sexy um, and it is interesting because you shoot women of all body types yes. and make women of all body types feel completely comfortable, whether mm-hmm. it's me like flat chest, you know, but abs or somebody who's voluptuous and beautiful in that way. And you kind of like make anyone in any body feel beautiful. That's like our goal is I have people reach out to us all the time. that are like, you know, I'm not ready or, you know, I'm going to hit you up in a few months when I do this or I hit this goal and mm-hmm. I'm like, stop it. But I'm also guilty of that myself. Yeah. Um, I have been shooting boudoir since 2017. OK. And a month ago, I just finally did my own boudoir session for the first time. And the pictures were insane. Thank you. But I was also doing that to myself where I was like, I'm going to hit the school or I'm going to get here and that's when I'm going to do it. And it's just we need to appreciate every season of our life. Yeah. Um, even in, you know, ones that we're like really hurting in, whether it be emotionally or physically feeling like we're not ready. Yeah. Those are some of the best sessions. And they it's crazy to say, but it pulls you out of what your ideal life is. It pulls you out of thinking what your perfect moment would be to do it. Mm -hmm. There's no perfect moment. Life happens. Nothing's ever going to be exactly how you would write it down in a notebook, right? Yeah. But it's the most beautiful thing to capture you at any stage of your life because just the fact that you're existing is beautiful. Yeah. And I feel like more women need to, people in general, need to acknowledge the fact that you're just existing and getting up and doing life every day is probably one of the most beautiful and commendable things. So celebrate that and cherish that at any point of your life. So the thing that made me decide to do pictures with you guys was that I had had a period of my life before I got married mostly where I was really like body shaming myself. And once I got married and had babies, I realized I couldn't hate the body that created my little humans. And I needed to embrace that. And then beyond that, after my last pregnancy, finding strength training and working out, um, I just really wanted to commemorate the body that I was in at that moment. And I was sharing with you, I almost canceled my shoot. Um, Just I had a crazy week or two before I hadn't had time to work out. I wasn't feeling like how I wanted to feel. And um, ultimately I ended up doing the shoot anyway and it didn't matter anymore. Like I loved that kind of environment that you create with the women that you bring in for these shoots who don't know each other. There's no reason that they should be so nice to each other, right? But it showcases the best of women and and females supporting females and those friendships and I'm I you managed to curate that in such an amazing way it's almost unspoken but everybody is so supportive and everybody feels so good about themselves so 
I love to hear that. Thank you. Because that's what I always try to make sure that every woman knows because it can be so intimidating, right? Totally. To know that you're going to go to a space and there's going to be other women there and they're going to have different bodies than you. And what if their body's better? Mm-hmm. What if their posing's better? But when you get there, none of that matters. Yeah. Because these women are there for you mm-hmm. and for the other women and for themselves. Like they're taking I mean all these women are have different walks of life but this is a moment that they're taking for themselves finally so one thing I will say about that is the biggest thing that I have gained from this business is making sure that I am always a woman who roots for other women yeah I cannot explain the amount of love and kindness and healing and like even inner child healing that I have witnessed from my female friendships that I have gained from this business Mm -hmm. and these experiences with these people and these women and on set I know it's so nerve-wracking to get into like a really raw vulnerable state but these women really root for you and we vet that like I I've fired clients before. Oh, you have? Yes. Because they're not nice? Because they're, I'm a really big empath and like I pick up on energies and vibes a lot and I've spent a lot of my life living in discomfort or almost kind of like that moment where it's like be polite. Mm -hmm. Being polite is more important than being comfortable. Yeah. And I am raising a daughter now. Yeah. And I'm raising a son who will be somebody's husband one day. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to allow myself to live in discomfort for the sake of somebody else's um, comfort. Comfort. <laughs> yeah. Of thinking that I'm um, impolite or I'm rude. Essentially, or, like displacing yep. yourself and your needs yeah, for or, those or, of someone else. Or pacifying them. I'm not pacifying people anymore. Yeah. Um, because it's not. At the end of the day, the more and more that you say yes to somebody else when it's breaking you, you're only hurting yourself. Yeah. And for what? For somebody who, if they actually really cared about you, they would understand why you had to say no or why it didn't fit for what what you needed to do during that time. Yeah. So, yeah, we have fired clients before in the kindest way. I send you a nice little email and say this you know, best of luck, here's some references, and here's your refund. Because money, peace will always outweigh money. Yeah. And creating that set, that environment for those women will always be more important than any dime I can make in this world. Yeah. Well, and ultimately detrimental to your business if you have that one bad apple in the bunch who's like ruins the experience for everyone. Exactly. I would feel personally responsible if somebody left a session feeling any less than what they deserved because of a person I put in their life. Yeah. So we curate that on it's intentional and unintentional in a certain way, but we just get we get we get to meet so many amazing women with so many different qualities and everybody brings something new to the table and it's so exciting to see these women become friends. Like I am telling you right now, I have Jules and I have so 
it's Jazz and Jules. Mm-hmm. Jules is my business partner. Um, but we linked back up in 2017 when I bought a camera and posted on Facebook. I was like, I'm going to be a photographer now. Who will <laughs> let me take pictures of them, you know? Um, and by the third quarter of 2017, it was a full-blown business. Yeah. And by 2018, we were merging businesses. Mm-hmm. But Jules was in Hawaii, and she was shooting adventure boudoir outside which wasn't even kind of like it wasn't known for being adventure boudoir because it was just like in hawaii people love to like take pictures on the beach yeah if you're gonna do it somewhere hawaii sounds pretty good literally and she came here multiple times and she actually our business our relationship started we've known each other since junior high but we didn't run in the same group of friends but we went to a really small junior high and so we knew each other and knew of each other Mm -hmm. and then just kind of became like mom friends on facebook and when i posted that she was really um like well-versed in graphic design. And so she was like, I will help you with your marketing and like your logo and your website Mm -hmm. and all that. And then as she was coming back to Washington, she would come back and shoot with me. And there were two huge things that we shot together that made us realize that we were meant to be. Yeah. we shot uh, wildflower boudoirs, minis, Aww. like just like this marathon. It was back when we were doing it, you know, just to just to do it. Yeah. And then we shot uh, in November, and it was that year that the snow hit out of nowhere. Oh my god! We were in Graham, and we were doing a boudoir marathon, and all of a sudden it went from no snow to like white everywhere like full of snow why haven't i seen those pictures i'm sure they're amazing we actually just loaded like the old photos to like re-edit and (gasps) see like if we're gonna re-put them out but i mean 2017 that's a long time ago yeah you guys have come so far yeah but at that point then i had outsourced my editing to her because i was still working my nine to five at my credit union in the training and marketing department okay and trying to like be a mom yeah do all the things i just had my daughter you know, and my son was uh, almost three years old. So I just, I couldn't balance all of it anymore. So I had outsourced my editing to her. And then eventually once she would come home and visit, like we would start shooting together. And it was like, what? I don't even know whose photos who's anymore. Yeah. And that's when we merged. And so it has been such a beautiful thing to learn that you can trust other women Mm -hmm. like when you are merging finance with somebody you are merging like the dependent of income yeah you know and uh it's just created this beautiful this beautiful friendship and I have never realized that I could trust women that way because I actually don't have any contact with my birth mother. Um, and so I've had a really hard time always trusting women. I don't have fem- I didn't have female friendships yeah. before this business. Um, my sister, who's four years younger than me, is my best friend. Mm-hmm. like, and she's the only friend that I've ever even gave a chance to like fight to work for that friendship if that makes sense so um yeah it's really taught me that female friendships and the influence that that has on you in your life and you can lean on them in ways that you can't lean on your spouse and your spouse shouldn't be your everything if you have a good relationship with your spouse they understand that there's a role they play there's a role you play and you need other relationships in your life to fulfill all of those things and so doing that has really taught me that like I can find 
everybody has a part to play. Yeah. And there's room for everyone. Well, and I think there's that um, sentiment that's like it takes the village and we use it for children. Mm-hmm. But I think that applies to so much more in life, right? It takes a village to make a life. Yes. And, and like it's those close relationships that make your life. So it doesn't just take a village to raise the kids. It takes a village to make you whole. Make you whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it trickles down from you guys through the women that come through your business and at the photo shoots, um, whether that's like subconscious, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But even just in starting this podcast from that first boudoir shoot, all all of those women, or not all of them, but a couple of them, the ones that were in our little group, because there were two Your photographers. Now, and then, yeah, well, so they both they both wrote me, and they listened to the podcast, and yeah. they've been so supportive. They've posted it like more, more so than like friends of mine have, mm-hmm. right? So like, you have these women that you met like naked in the woods, and they're more supportive than some of the people that are in your life every day, right? Like, I see on my Instagram stories who watches and never yeah. says anything, yeah, and you like see you're the seeing, same. You're like peeping, but you're not like liking or like rooting me on. Yeah, and it it is actually in some ways sad, mm-hmm. but it it filters it's out those though. people. It's super eye opening because mm-hmm. because it really like I've never looked a lot at who looks, but recently just been curious who's maybe supporting the podcast Mm -hmm. or I have been reevaluating a lot of friendships in my life. And in that, like, I see who's commenting and like going, yes, girl, I see you or even just a little heart or something. And I see the people that look at every single thing I do Mm -hmm. and never comment on it. Yep. I feel like I'm sure you have a ton of those. It's actually really, it's heartbreaking because I, I have had friends that I've been friends with for over a decade, never invest in my business. And that's not like, I don't care about the money. That's not how you invest in somebody's business. You invest in your friend's business and you root them on by sharing their things, liking their, posts. liking their posts, commenting on it, telling them you're proud of them, referring a friend, referring a friend. Like I get it. Like I came from uh, a completely different area of life that it is an investment to do a session with us. And yeah. I acknowledge that. And not everybody is is able to do that. And I also acknowledge that as well. But it, it costs you nothing just to like root your friend on. Yeah. And I have gotten to this space in my life where if I'm not feeling just genuine love and support and like I'm rooting for you, you don't even have to actually do anything. You know what I mean? But the underlying resentment or jealousy because you're at a different point of your life than the other person is, is just like, that's what really made me realize, like, root for women no matter what they're doing. I would hope that somebody's doing better than me. If I'm not hanging out with people that are doing better, and I'm using air quotes, are doing better than me, then I'm not hanging out with the right group of people. I want to surround myself with with people, women, everyone who is like wants more for themselves, wants more for their family. If they have a family, wants more for their kids. Yeah. If they have kids, I want to be around those type of people. Yeah. So that's been a huge thing. And my husband and I actually have taken a lot of like stock in our friendships and reevaluated a lot of who we spend our time with. And Right now at this point, our big thing is like we're reinvesting into the two little humans that we created. Yeah. 
and that's my priority. And on top of that, I also need to prioritize taking time for myself, and that includes spending time with women who uplift me and share that same value of, like, we root for women. Yeah. I don't want to be around somebody who's not doing that. Like, if we're talking shit about somebody in a group, that's not where I want to be. Yeah. I don't pull me down to Mm-mm. to your level, and I don't mean you, no, but I, I mean know just exactly the general you, you, right? Like, I don't want to be dragged down, and I wholeheartedly believe in, in that saying that you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Yep. And I think the way that you don't put yourself in the situation of talking poorly about other people is never be the smartest person in the room. Exactly. If you're around people that are smarter than you doing so much and you put yourself around them, they don't have time to be catty and horrible, no. right? So like they weed themselves out so quick. Literally. If you have nothing going on, then like those are the people that are yep. like, you know, not good friends are speaking poorly. And the second you get around people who have stuff going for them and it doesn't have to be mind blowing, like no. fortune 500, whatever it could be just successful as a mother, happy mm-hmm. where they're at. Like maybe it is running a business or starting a business, whatever, just like that your heart's happy, soul fulfilling. Yes. Um, those people will never behave no, that way. It's so funny because I actually, my, my little sister is my best friend and I sent her this, uh, TikTok the other day and it was talking about how, um, you make sure that you have somebody in your life smarter than you. And even though she's four years younger than me, I always joke that like I'm the funny one (laughs) and she's a smarter one. And I, I'll stand by that every day. But I was like, I made a joke and sent it to her. And I was like, this is why I keep you around. (laughs) And I wish that I remembered more of the context of the TikTok, but it was hilarious. And she was like, sent me back a TikTok about like comedy and um, like, uh, enjoyment and everything and she was like and this is why I keep you around and I was like see I love that because like it's truly like we both understand what we bring to the table and like that's funny you know but I yeah if it's not somebody that's going to fulfill or add to your life or understand even what path you're on right now even though it might be different than theirs and you know sometimes you just have to remove people and that doesn't mean that you don't root them on totally cheer them on from from a distance yeah. But sometimes, you know, that's just that, that's where it goes. You grow up and relationships change. And not everybody deserves to be close to you, but exactly. you can wish well for everybody that's around you. One thing I really learned recently is that there's a difference between loving someone and showing them love and then giving access to yourself mm-hmm. to them. And that is that can make or break you. Yeah. Certain people do not deserve, I guess certain people do deserve access to you. Not everybody does. Well, and ultimately I'm learning too that that responsibility that I think we all sometimes try to put on other people actually falls on ourselves. Like it's your job to set the boundary or my job to set my boundaries, right? Like I can't be mad at other people for violating my time, my energy, my love, mm-hmm. if I haven't set the boundaries around that. Like it's my choice if I let them in or not. And it's something I've struggled with a lot recently where I am reevaluating a lot of the relationships. And I, I'm a cancer, true cancer. <laughs> That's what Jules is. <laughs> Jules is a cancer. Yeah. Like and I cancer feel like queens. we're givers and lovers and we're nurturing. And so I, any See, person. See, and I'm a Taurus, so I'm just ready to fight. <laughs> 
but you know, like I will, I will show up for anybody. Yes. Right. But I think in a lot of ways that's bit me. I have people in my life that work with me that maybe take advantage of that a little bit. I'm, I'm their boss or they, you know, work with me in some capacity and I'm always giving and giving and giving. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to it, they're not willing to do that for me, but I can't put the blame on them for that. I chose to give and I can only, that's all I can do. And I, and I have to set that boundary within myself too. Like I'm choosing to give because I care and I can't let myself be disappointed if that's not their journey and that's not what they want to do for me. So it's about reevaluating your own like expectations, I guess, letting go. I just watched, um, and just like that, I haven't watched. Oh my God. It's so good. It's the second season. And at the end they go around the table and they talk about what they want to let go of. Mm -hmm. And Carrie says expectations. And she's like, not expectations in terms of like hope or whatever, but just the expectation of how things will go. Like deciding like this is how it should be and then getting upset when that doesn't happen. Yes. Just kind of like going through life, like whatever will come to me will come to me mm-hmm. and I don't have control over any of that. So I'm just going to worry about me and let other people show up the way they want to show up. If I don't want to let it near me, I don't need to let it near me and I can choose to go a different direction. Well, absolutely. And then just making sure that you don't exhaust your energy on things that don't deserve it. Yeah. Because that is... That is a huge thing at the end of the day when you are exhausting your energy on relationships or ventures or things that aren't, I don't want to say like it's tit for tat, you got to give me back what I'm giving you. That's not, that's, you should do everything lighthearted and just expect, you know, that it's going to help somebody with no expectations of what you're getting back in it. But generally it should come around. Generally it should come around or just like, a thank you or kindness or appreciation yeah. or watching somebody grow yes. because of what you've been able to yeah. help them do. So I've had to set a lot of boundaries in my personal life recently of I can no longer do this. Like I call my husband, my son and my daughter, my core four, yeah, um, including me, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but like those are my core four and those are the only people that I owe anything to, even if like mommy's not her best version of herself that day. Yeah. They still deserve the best version of mommy that they can get that day. And if I'm not, I'm the first person to apologize to my children and say, you know, mom's having a really hard day today. And I really appreciate your patience and kindness and understanding that I'm having a hard day. And I promise starting tomorrow, I'll be the best version of mommy again. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think you and I have talked a lot about being cycle breakers and changing some of the behavior and trajectory for our kids than maybe what we learned. Yes. I'm going to wait for her to crack open her white claw. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Um, And so... Yeah, it, it is. I, I feel that same way. One of the biggest things that I am working on right now is I am not always going to be perfect for my kids. And that's a really hard pill for me to swallow. But the power of an apology so huge. is massive. And it's it's okay for me to go to my kids. Oh, man, like I just yelled at you. Yes. And I shouldn't have. Nope. And it wasn't appropriate. Yep. And you can mess up and that's a safe space. I didn't show up as the best version of me. Because that's so, it's so important. And it's something that 
I grew up in a really unsafe space yeah. almost my entire life until I met my husband. He is the first safe space that I've ever been in. And thank God I met him at 17. Yeah. You imagine <laughs> if I would have had to wait any longer. But growing up in a safe space, that's always been my goal for my children to know that they don't have to show up as the best version of themselves every day. To be loved. And that's okay. Yeah. To be loved, accepted, to be heard. I want to know why you're throwing a tantrum. Yeah. I want to know why you're crying today. Yep. Not go to your room and get over it. You don't go, have to earn my love by no, perfect behavior. No. I, I mess up and you mess up. Exactly. At the end of the day, we love each other and it's going to be okay. Exactly. Like if my child is having a hard day, there's a reason for it. And I want to know that. I want to be my child's first call of even if they're doing something they know that they shouldn't have done. Yeah. Right. I want it to be, oh, fuck. I got to call my mom. Yeah. Instead of, oh, oh fuck, my I, mom's going to kill me. Exactly. Yeah. I've got to call my mom. She's going to help me figure this out. Not, oh, I got to call my mom. What's going to happen? Yeah. Never. Never. Yeah. And that, I mean, my children are nine and seven, and that's already been the standard that we've set for them is like, I want to know what's going on in your life. I might not always like exactly what you want to do, you yeah. know? But I would rather have you tell me and I will accept you at any, in any version of yourself that I can get. I will. Yeah. Because it's a privilege to be in your life. Yeah. And I think growing up with absent parents um, and then and then as they as you get older, uh, they expect to be a part of your life, mm -hmm. even though sometimes they don't necessarily deserve to. Yeah. Um, I know exactly where yes, you're coming from. <laughs> um, I want my kids to always know that I know that like it, I brought them here. It's my, not fault, <laughs> but I'm responsible for them being here. So I am responsible for guiding them and taking care of them as much as I can mm -hmm. and giving them as much advice as I can until they're 18. The second they turn 18, then it's their job to tell me when they want advice. It's their job to run their own life and I am just there to be their biggest cheerleader and their biggest supporter at 18 and onwards and upwards to just hope that they want me in their life yeah my biggest goal in the world is that I did a good enough job up until the age that they were 18 that they actually want to be around yes, you when they're adults too. that's all I we hope. talk about the the idea of like a, being their lighthouse yep like you can go out and, and sail the seas, exactly. right? You can go wherever, but I want to be your beacon. And mm -hmm. anytime you need help or you need advice or you need comfort or yes. you just want to have a good time because I'm want cool to, and I have I a want good you time. I crawl back into my bed when you're 25 yeah. and you just got your heart broke. Yes. You know what I mean? Like crawl into my bed and snuggle me. Because it's an honor. It's an honor to it's have them honor. in our lives. It's an honor. That's the thing is like, I feel like a lot of times parents treat their children like they're employees or they're, you know, just like they take they them for granted. Them they almost. own them. And my children have, I don't like anybody as much as I like my kids. Yeah. Like, and I meet amazing people. Yeah, me too. I am so lucky. <laughs> I'm like, how did uh -huh. I make you? Exactly. <laughs> like, there's nobody that I would want to hang out with rather than my like over my children. They're yeah. my best freaking friends. So I want them to want to hang out with me when they, because imagine they're just going to get cooler. Yeah. So why? <laughs> like, well, and we both had our kids super young. Yes. 
is. Because I was 21 when I had Theo. I was 20 when I had Everett. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of cool because by 45, I had one more after you. Yes. Or I guess, yeah, I had Delilah's two more after you. But yeah, like yeah. I have one more than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but by 45, like my kids are hopefully I've done my job and they're living their lives trying things and then I get to have like hopefully many, many years of enjoying them as adult humans. And that's the best part. So like my husband and I, we did the math and when Delilah graduates, we'll be 37. And because the Everett was not planned. Mm -hmm. Okay. We were, I'm going to be very candid. We were on birth control. Oh my gosh. Um, I had had taken antibiotics two weeks prior to that. I've heard that that. And so oh we were we were trying to be very careful, but we weren't careful enough. And my husband even told us like we, like hey, like you might want like you know. And I was like, I took a plan B, and Everett's still here. He was meant he to was, be. And that, by the way, is the story of me. Yeah. My mom had the same thing. Yep. Everybody's like, you should have named him a C name. I'm like, no. What are you? <laughs> he really is Plan E because I did everything I could. Yeah. You know, but. I am just so thankful that I chose that journey with someone who was ready mm-hmm. to grow up at that moment too. And my husband's six months younger than I am. Yeah. He's a full school grade younger than I am. Yeah. So when we met, I had just graduated and he was a senior in high school. Wow. And we got pregnant as soon as he graduated from high school and he was ready to be a dad. Thank God. Because yeah. I don't know. What well, I or whether done. whether he was or wasn't like he was like, I'm stepping up exactly. and I'm going to do the thing. And I'm ma- like I, I could go on and on. The man of all men. Not yeah. This, like I know it sounds really naive to say like you have the best husband in the world. But like you I should tr- feel like you have the best husband. In the world. I have the yes. best husband in the world. Good for you. He, and I champion that for you. He literally is like the missing puzzle piece that I was searching for. Thank God I only had to search for it for 17 <laughs> years. But literally like he completes me. He's a whole. Could go on and on about that. But that's not what this is about. But he truly stepped up. And that is why we decided everybody's like, oh, my God, why did you have two kids by the time you were 22? Because we wanted them to be close in age, and we already had Everett, and that was your family. So that was your and your choice. By the way, shut up. People like, all the t- like I can't I can't tell you how many times I hear it. Like I can't believe you have two kids. Yeah, I do. And guess what? I've taken care of them on my own my entire time with my husband. We've never asked for any help yeah. from anybody. So just well, like, you know, people having, ask me all the time. Oh, I bet they're like, oh, was was your oldest an oops? And I was like, actually, no. Like we yeah. sat down, had the conversation that we felt like we were ready, and we decided mm-hmm. to have him. Yeah. But I, like, what a question. Literally. Well, and that's the thing, too, is people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you had him so young. I'm like, yeah, but and there's no shame. No matter what age you choose to have your children at, like, good for you. That fits your plan. Like, I don't want as long anybody, as you show up for them. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want anybody to think that, like, I'm like knocking older moms like good for you, too, for like living your life when you needed to, totally. you know, or for when it's divine planning. It happened when it was supposed to happen for you. But for me and my husband, Everybody's like, oh, my God, you gave up your 20s. I'm like, you're broken your 20s. What are you really (laughs) missing out on? Like, what are you really missing out on? Your 30s or just like your 20s, except for you're not broke. And now I have children that are going to be in double digits. Yeah. So, like, they could stay home by themselves if they needed to. You know, but like I said, they'll be both graduated by the time we're 37. And then my husband and I can have a whole 
other portion of our life, a whole new chapter of our life that's just enhanced by these adult children at that point. Yeah. And hopefully a lot of grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. So, it'd be so awesome. Yeah. I, I don't regret having kids young. Definitely. No. Like my mom freaked out when she found out that I was pregnant and I had to be like, no, like, you know, we wanted this. This was a choice very much. So same thing. We, we were living two hours away from my family when I was pregnant and had Theo, our mm. oldest. And then when he was six months old, we moved to a new country. And so it was like, I never had help. The first time that I had help with my son was when he was three years old and he started going to preschool for just three hours a day. But Glenn was deployed all the time and, or on training rotations or whatever. And so it was, it was me and him. And, and then beyond that, we started to, cause we were working so much and whatever we did start to have nannies, but those first three years, like it was me and him and I wanted that. I love right. that. But yeah, I can totally relate to just like, I, we See, did the I, thing and we chose the thing. And yeah, I mean, I have a really like opposite version of that for myself just because Alex and I, um, we did have to rely really heavily on family for help because we both had to work these nine to fives yeah. during that time. So between 2017 and 2020, I missed pretty much almost every bedtime, every weekend, because I was working a nine to five and building a business. Yeah. But I don't regret it. No. Because yeah. now I work my entire life around my children. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I don't go and do something if you I You did what you had to do. I did. We to, sacrificed time. Yeah. We did. We sacrificed time. And that's also a conversation now that my children are a little bit older that we've had that they understand like we did sacrifice that time. And I want you to know that mommy knows that. And they're, I gave birth to the best humans because they literally tell me all the time. They're like, but look at the life we have now. Yeah. Like my children are such half full people like glass half full all the time well and also by the way it's never bad for a kid to spend time with their family no. I mean unless well, you know I mean unless mm. it's like an unsafe situation <laughs> but like they yeah. should feel that community around them exactly. hopefully it's a positive scenario but like having family to help you out is like the yes. best case scenario it really is we've been really lucky to have a lot of people in our corner and really um make sure that even though we did everything financially ourselves, we didn't have to do things with our children, like relationship basis by ourselves, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. which and then your kids will probably will and ha- will continue to grow up feeling yep. like they have just this like team of people around them, which yes. is awesome. And I love that you're raising your daughter to just be a super strong, empowered Don't get me little started girl. on her. <laughs> Hold on. I mean, I have boys, right? So it's a little bit different, but she's going to marry one of your boys. <laughs> so you'll have her as a daughter too. You're welcome. I love it. Cause I don't have one. That's I'm so excited. I'm like, okay, well I don't, people, people ask me mm-hmm. all the time. They're like, aren't you sad that you didn't have a daughter? Do you think you, you want to have Delilah one more? Whenever you need to. She's, I'm sure she, she wouldn't it. mind with the horses. No, but. she wouldn't. She cried when I left. <laughs> when I left. My husband dropped me off for your session at your farm and yeah. she bawled the whole way home. Aww. She sent me a video, a face video of like, and now Look it's her, how much it's her contact ID now on my phone of That's like hilarious. her pouting. Like, <laughs> can't believe you left me. No, That's so funny. But my, yeah. Yeah. I'm so, people ask me all the time, like what you put out there, how you treat people. Like I just have never seen 
like that type of like camaraderie or community and kindness. And it's and real. I it's can tell re- you. It's so I felt genuine. It. It's so I don't have to think twice about what I put out there because my daughter is watching. Yeah. She's watching what I put out there and she's going to learn from that hopefully and want to be want to make other people feel the way that she sees her mom make other people feel. Yeah. And I can say firsthand uh not having contact with my birth mother and not wanting to ever have anybody say that I remind them of her. Yeah. Okay, like you're just like your mother mm-hmm. or you remind me that is like my biggest fear in the world. And so from that point, it made it even more important for me. It's genuine what I put out there, but it made it even more like, oh, my gosh, my children are watching Mm -hmm. what I put out there and how I treat people and just who I am. And I pray that when somebody tells my daughter, oh, my gosh, you're just like your mom. Or, oh, my gosh, you remind me so much of your mother. She's like, hell, yeah, I do. You know, like she is proud of that and not like don't say that. So it's so genuine. Well, and I I love that you did do pictures within your own business. Yes. And I love that you said she was there and and she saw it. And I I think all the time, like, so I don't have a daughter Mm -hmm. and I have sons. So it's maybe a little bit different. But when when we pick ourselves apart, yes, right? Like you can't do that in front nope. of your daughter because you don't want your daughter to go, well, nope. I have my mommy's hair and my mom doesn't like her hair, so yep. she must not like mine or whatever that is. And on the flip side with sons, and I don't know how this has sort of happened by accident, maybe because I do try to speak kindly about myself mm-hmm. to them, but also because I speak words of kindness into them yes. my kids do like miles is a little fashionista like I he will come it. in and he's like like the purse i'm wearing today he was like mommy i love this purse this is the most beautiful purse you know or they'll walk in and they'll go mommy you look beautiful today right and they them. recognize when i've dressed up and they're like oh you know and so yep. it is whether you have a, a little boy or a little girl yes. whatever right like Showing them to love themselves. I talk to my sons all the time about things that are great about them. It's so important. And I never want them to look in the mirror or feel into their soul and feel like there's something about them that they don't like. A hundred percent. And it's kind of funny because my kids, it's the same thing where like even my sister does this because she lives in California. So we do our lives are on FaceTime with her, but it's like a daily thing. And she always asks my kids fit check. Let me see the fit check. So like, it's like their thing. And now they've started that with me. Like if I look good, even if I don't look good, like my kids will be my son who's nine. He'll be like, mom, fit check. And he'll record me. And I'm like, I love you so much. And then my daughter will be like, oh my God, your makeup looks so beautiful. Or I love that shirt on you. Or, oh my gosh, mom, those shoes. Like it, you have to speak kindness out there to, to show that your children Show your children that that's what you put out there. Like I want, I try to be 
a person who compliments people not only on physical things but also on things that I pick up on when it comes to like any traits like any other Mm -hmm. traits that they have and my biggest hope in the world is that my daughter is somebody who is comfortable complimenting a random woman on the street or a random man on the street saying hey like I like your hat hey I like you know or hey like your smile's beautiful literally your smile's beautiful or you know like I really like the way that you do so-and-so. Like, I just, that's my biggest goal in this world. That's been, in the last year, something that I really worked on with myself because I caught myself seeing a beautiful woman or a woman in an awesome outfit, and I would think it, but I wouldn't say say it. it. They love it. And so the last year, I've really made, like, a conscious effort, no matter who it is. Like, I've rolled my window down watching a woman, like, walk down the street and just go, oh, my God, your outfit is amazing, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's a small thing that I can do it makes them smile. and they make them smile and they just you like almost watch them stand up straighter and like it puts a pep in their step where and they're like they like feel being good seen like I yeah. see you like I was at <laughs> I was at Target pickup this weekend and I saw this girl and I was like ooh, like I just loved everything about her like her entire vibe and I looked at her and she was having a rough day because she was like waiting on the target pickup like you could tell that she was going through ropes to get what she needed to get and I looked at her I said girl I really dig your vibe and she was like thank you and then I watched her wait the rest of the time and her entire vibe had changed and I was like see now like it's just but I I meant it like I was like oh I like it well and I think that's the biggest part for me is I only say it if I mean it like if I've had the thought because I also Mm -hmm. feel like whether no matter if I'm saying something and it's forced even if I'm saying it super upbeat it's not going to come across the same way so I only do it when I actually have that thought in my head, like, yes. oh my gosh, this thing about this person is so yep. awesome. Even if it's a great smile or whatever yeah. it is. Um, but I only do it when I like truly it's a thought feel that came it. in your head, but you actually finally let it come out of your mouth. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I feel like that's really important. Yep. With my daughter at my session, though, the funny part is that she wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> She just wanted to come last minute. So her dream is to take over Jazz and Jewels. I love it. That's her dream. Um, And so she was just in the car to be like my hype person. She was going to do be in charge of music and lingerie and all of those things. And then we got like 20 minutes away and my sister and one of my um, shooters, Ellen, were in the car and I said, you know what, I would really like to get a few photos with my daughter. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, but she looks so rough right now. Like she, hadn't, <laughs> she hadn't washed her hair. Like she didn't, she had like, I don't even know what she was, probably the outfit from the day before. Yeah. So I put her in like one of my shirts that I was going to wear. Cute. And I will treasure those photos forever. And it yeah. was the best way to start my session for me. And I know that that sounds so, um, like unnatural to like start your your boudoir session with your daughter but it was the most beautiful thing in the world and it made her feel so special and so included and like a part of that came over me and showed me the strength and just like the beauty that she exudes and it literally gave me like a confidence boost yeah oh my gosh I have created this this little monster. Well, and I think our kids disarm us in a way that nobody else can, but in the best possible way. And I think about 
I'm I'm now at a point in my life where like I am so happy without makeup on and all yes. the things. But for many years, I struggled to ever go out in public without makeup on mm-hmm. or like just feel like I needed to make myself up a little bit. And my little humans love me no matter what. Yep. They love me if I have makeup on, if I don't have makeup on, if I'm dressed up, if I'm not. All they care is that I, I love them and show up for them. Yes. And it's really interesting because I used to hate when people would. I still hate when people take pictures of me, really. But I would hate. You know, especially like candid pictures of me. And my kids love taking my phone and taking pictures. Because they love you. And they see things that you don't even know are there. So some of my favorite pictures of myself that I probably wouldn't like put out there, but they're the most intimate are pictures that my kids like have my phone and they're going around and taking pictures and they go, mommy, smile, you oh, know? That's Delilah. And she I would never sleeping smile sleeping photos before. of me. Yeah. <laughs> but sleeping. they love, they just love you. Yes. And they, in their eyes, you're so perfect and they're, mm-hmm. you're their whole world. You are. And it doesn't matter anymore what you look like or what mm-hmm. you're wearing or, or any of that stuff. And so I could imagine that having your daughter in those pictures with you, if you're a little bit like nervous, so all of a sudden you just relax because mm-hmm. your biggest fan is right there. Exactly. And it sounds so crazy to say, but like she is, I am a better person when I'm with her. Yeah. Like my son, same thing, but he's so low maintenance that he's just <laughs> chill. Like we could just sit there and not even like, do anything like we just like vibe like we just need to like feel each other in the same room and he's so independent but my daughter she makes me a better version of myself when I'm around her and I don't know if it's because of what she puts out there that really like I pick up on and it just makes me a better human but when I'm not around her I'm a demon (laughs) there are times where I if I've been too if I've been away from her for too long I will turn into a demon sometimes (laughs) and everybody thinks that that's a like how could that happen I'm like you don't understand like she is such a I growing up with absent parents yeah having a daughter who truly gets you and sees you and feels you and you feel that connection with them where you're like at when I'm with you, I'm a better person. Well, they hold a mirror up to you. 100%. And so it's like, well, I, I, I want to be the best me exactly. for this little human because I see it reflected back. Yep. So I was going to say, your daughter's that way because of you. Your daughter's not that way because of anything else, right? Like, she is, she is that way because of you. And you should feel so proud that she is this light and this like supportive because she's going to grow up being like that to all the people around her. And it, it is that like, uh, what is it? Like almost like a spider web effect or what yes, do you call it? Right. Yes, We're like, yeah. We're you just, like, breathe that down. into her and she breathes that into however many other people. And then mm-hmm. all of those people breathe it into other people. And so yeah. like it's positivity beautiful. is so infectious. Yep. It's such a beautiful thing. And, coming from a family that had a lot of um, generational toxicity and trauma Mm -hmm. that was passed down through, especially the females in that family, to be able to raise a kind woman. And I mean, she's seven, but I mean, if you've met Delilah, she's a woman. Um, But to be able to raise a kind woman who roots for other women and her biggest goal in the world is just to be nice be nice. But it's because you, know? you did the work to become mm-hmm. that cycle breaker. But just she wouldn't see have her out there that. and like see her. I mean, I call it performing, but yeah. she's not doing anything other than what she would do any day. 
but I have people like requesting for her to be at their sessions Aww. now. They're like, okay, I'm going to book, but is Delilah available Aww. that night? And I'm like, she's seven. <laughs> no, she goes to school. She's going to go to school. But yeah. But I guess that that was sort of another question I had for you because it has been really interesting for me to hear most people's feedback has been really, really awesome to my yes. pictures. And I wasn't originally ever going to post them. I think the thing that made me post them is just this like realization that, and I, I, I made a post like this and mm -hmm. it was like three live births, one stillbirth and two miscarriages. Yes. Like how could I not love, this, I not love body, this body? Right. And I'm not going to hide and not post the pictures. Like mm -hmm. this is me raw. Um, and for the most part, people were like, yes, this is awesome. But then you get some people who are like, why would you put that out there on social media? And I'm like, you know what? Because I'm not ashamed. No. Like I, I felt so good in those pictures and it doesn't even matter what the pictures look like. There is just an energy and a vibe about the pictures, mm -hmm. for, but any of the pictures of that you, you guys put out there, there, because the women in mm -hmm. all of the pictures just feel so good. It is crazy how much judgment other women put on you. Don't get me started on that. It is. I have people because we shoot in like public spaces, right? Yeah. I have people that have asked me like, you know, is it going to be an issue? Is somebody going to come and talk to us? Is somebody the only time that I've ever received anything negative is from a woman saying something like, yeah, why are you out here doing this? Or like they see like their husband like checking out a yeah. woman doing it and then it's like that. And it's just like that another thing that I picked up and put in my back pocket was to always root for women. Yeah. Because you've got to. And um, I have never had, I don't know if I've just like really like done a really good like intake on who I allow around me. Yeah. But I've never had a woman uh, discredit me in a sense of my boudoir photos mm -hmm. or any of my clients' boudoir photos. Yeah. I've never had a woman like ask, why are you putting that out there? Yeah. Um, I have posted something else that was very vulnerable that I made a TikTok about and it was only women who attacked me on it. Wow. So that was, um, that was heartbreaking, yeah. um, to be super vulnerable about something that I had experienced, uh, as a teenager mm -hmm. to have multiple women comment on it and chastise me and almost dehumanize me in a sense of like, I'm being very honest about a choice that I had made mm -hmm. um, that allowed me to, to have the life I have now. And it, it in a sense it was, I made a choice for myself. I didn't make a choice for anybody else. I thought about how what happened to me was going to impact the rest of my life. Yeah. And that might sound really selfish, but at the end of the day, if you can't be a good human yourself, how are you supposed to be a good partner, a good wife, uh, a good mother, a good employee, a good anything if yeah. you don't make the best decision for yourself? Yeah. So it was really hurtful to see um, – women like literally come at you and you just feel like I'm being very honest and raw and vulnerable right now and it's it's heartbreaking but at the end of the day that's something that they're going to have to like deal with with themselves yeah. at the end you know? and it goes back to like I don't ever 
judge anyone for making the decisions that they make. Mm-hmm. I can choose differently for me. Exactly. And I can choose not to allow whatever their decision is around me, mm-hmm. but I will never judge you for making the decision exactly. that you make. Exactly. And I don't um, encourage anybody to, you know, make choices like I have had to in the past or think like I do. Um, I just encourage everybody to have grace and understanding that everybody's story is different. Everybody's circumstances are different and not to try to hurt somebody or judge somebody for something that they're already kicking themselves for. They've already suffered a consequence of it, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. Well, that's the thing is nobody understands the full story. Like you don't know, like in you sharing Mm -hmm. whatever you shared, Mm -hmm. they're seeing just that little glimpse Yep. But they're not seeing the emotion around the decision, mm-hmm. the factors le- that led into that thing, mm-hmm. you know, your previous life experience that put you on the path to be where you are, right? All of that, like nobody knows. No. They see this tiny little like glimpse glimpse yep. into it and people think that they understand the whole mm-hmm. thing. And I think that's, that's my biggest lesson in the last few years too is I accept and know that I don't know. Yes. Right. And mm-hmm. so like it becomes so much easier to give people grace when you just go, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But you're making that choice for you and yep. like go do also, the thing. Is it impacting you? No. No. It's but it goes back you. to people who have the time in their day yes. to like put themselves or put your Mm -hmm. decisions in life on themselves and insert themselves in some way that's like nobody's asking for this like go live your life and do whatever well and it was crazy to me too because I posted it on Instagram and I only have a very like close like people that know me on Instagram and I didn't have any negative things on that uh, and I don't go on TikTok every day. I don't go on TikTok I don't have TikTok at so. all. Like, I'm really bad about it. But I had shared it to TikTok, too. And it was just these random people that I have no idea who they even were. So it's... Keyboard you know, warriors. Yeah. So, you know. The people that don't have the courage to maybe put their own stuff out there or don't mm-hmm. want to, right? Some people don't want to put it out there. And, and I, for the longest time, have been somebody that has, like, I've kept so many things very close to my heart because I think letting people in has always proven to hurt me. Mm -hmm. But especially with this podcast now, it's like, no, I'm, I'm happy to be raw and real and to give other women a space to be raw and real. Mm -hmm. And it's not, you know, there might be men on this podcast and then for them too, like we were talking about this earlier, like allowing men the space to be raw and real too, because we, we set these certain expectations on men as well. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just, everybody, you know, I I have less fear of putting anything out there. I know my truth. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really need to be concerned with what anybody else thinks or feels. But if my story can help just one person, right? That was yeah. what I started doing with the diaper bank. Yes. I was the most private person up until my stillbirth. Mm-hmm. And in trying to heal, I I started talking about it. And prior to that, I always thought nobody, I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. Like part of the reason I didn't have a funeral for the baby is because I didn't want to make anybody else uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. And now in hindsight, I'm like, I should have done that because that's what I needed, but I didn't, I was worried about everybody else. And 
So then I started talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to put it out there because the way, and I say this all the time now, for me, um, that saying, you die twice, the first time is the day you take your last breath. And yep. the second time is the last time somebody says your name. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to allow for this baby, Arlo, Yes. for it to ever be the last time somebody says his name. No. And I wanted to build a legacy for him. So I started talking about it. And the amount of women that have reached out to me in these five years personally to go, and women that I knew, by the way, like yes. some perfect strangers, other people that I had known, and I just didn't know this part of them, were like, I had you know, miscarriage, fertility issues. Mm -hmm. I had a stillbirth. I have a friend who had a molar pregnancy, like all of these things. And I'm so honored when I'm somebody's first call when they're going through something like that because they know I've been through it. And Mm -hmm. so me sharing it, if it helps one person, it's worth it. Well, and just like, I have always hated the stigma of uh, not putting out or not announcing that you're pregnant until you're at a safe safe time frame right Mm -hmm. because and that's people will be like why did you announce earlier than that you know why did you announce earlier than 12 weeks maybe i want people to rally around me why yeah exactly if there is something exactly whether it's you know the outcome of having a new child or the outcome of losing a child why should you have to go through that by yourself if you don't want to well it is that pressure that we put on women to be so perfect and almost not human Mm -hmm. where you should be able to carry that baby to full term. Exactly. And so you you should not put it out there that yep. you're pregnant because if you lose that baby, that's a stigma on you. It's and it's awful. It's horrendous because in the sense of like sisterhood, yeah, and really leaning on those female friendships, I have been lucky to carry both of the children that I have mm-hmm. to full term, but if I couldn't. I couldn't imagine going through that completely privately and acting like it never happened. Yeah. And I literally, my heart breaks for women that feel like they they can't put it out there and talk about it yeah. because you're still a mother. Yeah. You're still a mother. You suffered a loss that some of us mothers will never understand. Yeah. And you deserve to have that that baby be a part of your story even if it wasn't a full-term situation. Even more so, like, oh, my gosh, you know? Um, I have someone close to me in my family who just found out she's two weeks away from her delivery date, and she's going to have to have a C-section for a baby who is no longer there. And to feel like you need to go through that alone, I'm so glad that she has been able to lean on her family and tell us instead of acting like it's not happening yeah well it is that toxic sort of past Mm -hmm. that I think this generation is so much better about is we can now open up and Mm -hmm. say things and hopefully we're working through some of those judgments from other people Mm -hmm. where like I'm going to open up and say the thing because this will heal me if you don't have anything nice to say please don't say anything yes but, you know, in our parents' age, like, mm-hmm. things would happen, and it was like, you don't talk about it. You don't say anything. And and how how horrible and how toxic to have to hold that in. I feel like that was a huge part of uh, me realizing that I needed to sever some ties with family members. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I grew up in a very uh, 
you completely dismiss your comfort to be polite. Mm -hmm. And I am very thankful. I have I have no contact with my birth mother and people ask me how I got there mm -hmm. and what was the final straw. And I said, when my children made that decision, mm. when they made the decision that they didn't want to have contact with her anymore because they had witnessed the things that I had been witnessing mm -hmm. and it had impacted them. That is when I decided to go fully no contact and we're over a year of no contact. And there's been times where there's been trials and mm -hmm. we've avoided it. Um, but it was when my children said that to me and just knowing that I am raising, like we talked about earlier, safe space. My children feel safe enough to tell me I don't want to be around this person. I don't care if that's impolite. I don't care if that makes me look like an asshole. You know, that my kids will literally say that to me, like, I don't want to be around no, this person. No, that's amazing. Exactly. And creating that space for my children to say, no more, mom. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. These people ask me all the time, like, how did you do that? Like, I have a lot of women that have been, you know, going back and forth with family members about no contact. And they go, how did you do it? And I said, honestly, my children, yeah. when they told me no more. I was like, wow, yeah. that's eye-opening to realize that someone so pure, so innocent, they're young, yeah, and they're saying this is not normal and this is not how I want to be treated. Yeah. And I don't want to see my mother be treated like this either anymore. But I think, too, like when it's like what was that final straw? Well, okay, yes, it was your children saying that, but it sounds like – and I actually had no contact with my dad for multiple years mm – -hmm. um, it's usually just like the mounting little things over and over mm -hmm. where one day you just look up and go, I'm not going to do this to myself anymore. No. Like this relationship is hurting me. And for yes. you, it's this relationship is now hurting my children, which for us, like doesn't matter you or I'll, me or whoever I'll like there someone. is one <laughs> that is like hard line. Yes. Never again. Like if if my kid yes. expresses discomfort. Well, and it was my children and my husband. I mean, my husband was uh, like physically assaulted in the last interaction that we had. Wow. Um, and like I said, I had absentee, absentee parents. So the second that I've been with my husband since I'm 17 years old, he's the only person in my entire life, including my parents, who has always chose me, picked me, and never made me feel like I was a second-class citizen or a problem mm -hmm. like I've never been an inconvenience to him I've been like the just a human and so to see somebody hurt someone who has treated you better than anybody else well, that's your chosen family yeah yeah exactly somebody who chose you in this world like he chose me in this world he didn't owe me to just be kind to me like my parents I'm sorry they owed me to be kind yes, to me, they, they brought, brought you into me this here. world. Yeah, you know they they. There's a lot of different like stipulations on that, but my husband didn't owe me anything when he first met me, and to be that person for the last 13 years and watch somebody who owed you to treat you just like you're a human being and act like you exist hurt the person who chose you. Yeah, it's over. It's over, especially when you've created people with that person who chose you. Well, I think people often forget that, and especially in toxic family dynamics, they don't understand that 
that's your new family, right? You're creating your own little family unit. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what we were talking about when our kids leave us at 18 or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. they're going to choose whether or not they want to come back and be around us and be in our lives. Yes. And so your little family unit is your little family unit. And then when your kids go off, they're going to have their own family unit and that's going to be a choice. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, if you don't deserve exactly and have not yeah earned your children, the right your to be children in your owe you nothing yes and i feel like that's such an old school um uh, mentality mentality of thinking your children owe oh, you right. things or you owe somebody because something because they're older than you yeah that's not the case no you get the respect that you deserve and that you've earned. Yeah. And for me, my thing is, is my children owe me nothing because it's my responsibility that they're here. I brought them here. They didn't ask to be born. I brought them here. Yeah. And it's my responsibility to cultivate a relationship in an environment that they want to be in and they want to come back to. Yeah. I always say I'm my kid's earthly guide. Yes. Until they're 18. And mm-hmm. then at that point, I'm just here I hope you like me. Yeah. I hope you like me. I did my best. I I swear I like you. I swear I love you. You know, but like really like what can you do? And that's just I I've struggled with that a lot in the sense that I raised my two younger siblings Mm -hmm. because of my absentee parents and really going through a transitional phase of their 22 and 26 now. And my little sister just got married to probably one of the most amazing people that I've ever met in my entire life and made it very easy to like, just like, here you go. She's yours. Yeah. (laughs) Like my husband and I actually drove her to California and dropped her off in her car. And my husband um, handed her new husband the keys and said, she's your problem now. Very (laughs) joking. You know, like they, they, it's so cute. And, but it was very easy to just like, let, you know, know she's safe and everything. Mm -hmm. And, but it is hard to like, finally realize like, I'm not your parent. Unfortunately, I'm not like, I know that I've subbed in, but I'm not your parent. And at this point, I really have to focus on the two people that I created and kind of shut that down with my parents as well of saying like, I'm not their parent. Like I need you to stop looking at me as I'm your glass child who was there to step in and help when you couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, and then when I demand respect back in return for the sacrifices that I've made to raise these children and the sacrifices that my core for my little family has made to help these, my siblings that I love so much, um, I deserve that respect, but I sometimes I'm not always getting it. So really just kind of taking myself out of that equation saying, okay, this time I'm starting a boundary. Yeah. These three people, my husband and my two children, are the only people I'm responsible for. And that's the hardest thing to do is set a boundary. I mean, I, it is crazy. It's the, it's the hardest work you'll do is to set those boundaries, mm-hmm. but it will reap the most rewards. If you're obviously, if you're setting yes. good boundaries, right, you will have the most rewards from, from mm-hmm. that hard work because you will protect yourself and you'll be able to grow in that space. Yep. Well, and my birth mother, too, I. I mean, even though we have no contact, I did learn a lot from her in that sense of like she had this like savior complex and wanted to like save and help everybody. And it was a detriment to to her and who she became. And I will be damned if that's the ending for my family. It Mm -hmm. just won't be. Yeah, it won't be. 
So when I think going, going into it, eyes wide open like Mm -hmm. that and going, this will not be my path Mm -hmm. allows you to also hear your children if they're asking for a change in behavior or whatever it is. And I think respect is that big word that I think a lot of people, and especially in the generations before us, it hasn't been normal for them to respect their children. No. And respect doesn't mean your children get to walk all over you. Like I'm, no. I'm a strict parent. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm scary. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta look, you know, but like in that same breath, like my kids feel safe to come to me mid tantrum. Mm-hmm. All of my kids do this mid tantrum. They'll start going, I need a hug like mm-hmm. right in the middle. And, and I, everything gets dropped and it's yep. like, come here. I'm a big fan of the heartbeat hug. I don't know if you've oh, heard yes. about that, but like, bring them close to your heart Breathe. and hold them tight. And then yes. we Our do new the thing deep is the Barbie. Too. Take my hands, close <laughs> your eyes. Now feel. Yeah. We do that all the time. And I'm telling you right now, that little thing, Delilah will come back from it and she'll be like, not crying anymore. She'll be like, oh my gosh, I just had a really hard day and I'm sorry I just took that out on all of you. Yeah. But it allowed her a moment to yeah. breathe. I'm telling you, Barbie. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that's my biggest thing too, is like, mm-hmm. don't add to their chaos. And no. it's so hard. I think that's for me, the ch- most challenging part of parenting is controlling my emotions mm-hmm. when, when they're doing everything yep. that's like bringing out my flaws and my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like maintaining control of your own emotions while they're losing every marble that exists. Right. Yep. S- but if but you, they're doing that because you're safe. Yeah. They you don't know what they like the thing is is we send our children it's actually sad. We send our children off for 7 8 hours of the day away from us and that's yeah. society standard, right? That's what we've been conditioned to say is what is normal. Yeah. And we can do our best to try to figure out what's going on while they're there and hope that we're sending them to safe places, but we have no idea what kind of day they had. Yeah. And when they come home and they feel that sense of comfort with you and they let it all out, yep. that means that you are creating a safe space. Yeah. It has, that has been, cause we just went back to school mm-hmm. and after a summer of the kids being home with us and it's definitely been interesting because my middle son, Miles, definitely has that letdown after school every day. Delilah does and too. some wow, days they would be soulmates. Yeah. <laughs> but it's literally like there were a couple of days where mm-hmm. literally he'd see me in the school line and I always get out of the car and like have my arms open yes. for my kids. And he's like, you can see he's like being so good and following all the rules and whatever. And the second he locks eyes on me, he just starts like sobbing and has that full letdown. And it's hard because you want your smiling, happy kid to be running towards you. But I also know you've had a long day of being such a good boy and following all Mm -hmm. these rules. And it's Mm -hmm. so much for your little brain and your little body to keep it all together. And when you see me, it's okay to just... and like let it all out and if that means tears if that means tired if that means whatever I need a snacky (laughs) it is yeah so I mean I have figured out the things that my kids need Mm. they need no like challenges Mm -hmm. the second they see me we're not going any grocery store we're going straight home we gotta go home (laughs) and I it's it's on me to recognize okay what's a day where they do need 30 minutes in front of a screen to just like woosa decompress (laughs) Or if it's, hey, we need to get outside. I mean, if I have to go somewhere for seven hours and be on, 
now that I think about it, now that I don't go to a nine to five every day, oh my gosh, I need a decompressing moment. Right. Can you imagine? We have these high expectations for our kids. And then we think of like, actually think about them like how even how you would as an adult like that's that respect factor Mm -hmm. too though like you've just had this long hard day of learning and processing and it's loud and there's people everywhere like and i get sensory overload and problem solving yeah because you're being you're around a bunch of different types of people yeah and they're having to self-regulate they're having to problem solve all of commend them I know it's a lot (laughs) and I remember coming home from school feeling like it was a lot yeah because as an adult you can say like fuck this I'm out you know what I mean like (laughs) bye but as a kid that's not that's not how you you can react to go to school exactly yeah so like really taking that time to realize like they're humans too and they did really hard job by yeah. just existing that day. My mom used to give us one like mental health day of school year. So oh, literally, my kids got it today. Unless, <laughs> unless there was like a test or something, uh-huh. we could go. I'm using my day. I need today to just stay home, yep. and she'd call in sick for us, which I I think felt really good. Yeah, to oh, just I'm be a like, mental health home. mother. It's my husband yelled at us today, not in a mean way, but he was like. So did we not go to school? And I was like, I didn't think you'd be home until after they got out of school. (laughs) (laughs) But my oldest woke me up and he said he wasn't feeling good. That is like tummy hurt. I'm not going to argue with you because he does go to school when he needs to. So Yeah. And they do say that a lot of like kids stress and anxiety comes out in stomach aches. Exactly. When my parents were going through a divorce, my brother would get sent home from school like once a week with a stomach ache. And it was actually something my dad used against my mom. Um, in the divorce, he's like, you know, why is he coming home from school like with a stomach ache or whatever? And it's like, know, well, this kid is experiencing anxiety. Yeah. Like you guys are, you know, putting him in this horrible feeling situation. Yep. And he doesn't know how to like verbalize that. No. So it's coming out like physically instead. Yeah. And and that mm-hmm. in in my own like, so I have psoriasis, which is an autoimmune thing. Mm-hmm. And it has presented also as arthritis in my hands and I feel it along my spine as well. And it is crazy how my body is, tells me what's going on in my mm-hmm. life. And usually the psoriasis is just in my head. But when I start to see like little spots on like it'll like show on my hips or my arms or my hands or my stomach or legs. Yes. Then I know like, OK, things are really bad and I need to slow down because exactly. I'm really stressed. Like I it's need to take a 100 percent stress related. Yep. And that's easier said than done to take a mm-hmm. me day. But um It is your body will show you if you just listen to it. If you're sick a lot and your immune system is low or whatever, all of those things matter so much. And we have to listen to that. Yeah, we really do. And I mean, I struggle with a lot of uh, mental illness uh, situations where I am actually medicated for things. And you would be (laughs) surprised at how much we have not figured out um, making sure that people that are diagnosed with mental illness have their medication readily available to them yeah and how detrimental that can be yeah um dangerous it's it's dangerous it's really scary and so there are times where I'm like okay today is not a day that I do that I'm just going to just breathe today you know and so um just really like listening to your body and taking care of like listening to your body and your mind yeah you know all of it totally 
Well, it's been so awesome having you here. I feel like as always, like no matter what appointment or photo shoot or whenever we talk on the phone, we end up talking forever just because you're so easy to talk to. And I (laughs) just love you and your whole vibe. And I really do mean it when I say that I think that you've changed a lot of women's lives more so than what you know. I that's all I want to do. That's all I want to do. Raise little good humans. Yes. Yep. And do that. <laughs> Raise little good humans that like me and want to come back and do that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Empower other women and raise mm-hmm. good humans. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I love you. Thank and you. I love uh, you. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to see my pictures soon. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. That was so fun. Thanks so much for listening to the Mother of Monarch podcast. I always say, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So if you have any comments or know who you want to hear next, send me a message at motherofmonarch at outlook.com or Instagram at motherofmonarch. I always love to hear from you. I'm sending you strength and positivity for your week ahead. Catch you next time.